intuitive eating for the culture because we love vegetables, just not unseasoned. Hey guys, it's your host, Christina Johnson, a registered dietitian based in Dallas, Texas, an intuitive eater, a girl who loves coffee and avocados, and your inside source on intuitive eating. So welcome back to Intuitive Eating for the Culture. It's your host, Christina, a registered dietitian. And this week, I really wanted to talk about challenging the food police. So this is the fourth principle of intuitive eating. And I think this is one where people get stuck. Um, The food police show up in so many ways, right? And when I say the food police, I mean this is the rules, the rigidity, the comments, those thoughts that fly through your head like, oh, I shouldn't be eating this or oh, this thing isn't healthy or oh, what would so-and-so think? Um, I think of it as that naggy like aunt voice that's like, are you sure you should be eating that? You know, it's going to go straight to your thighs. That's the food police in a nutshell. So I want you to start by thinking about your beliefs about food. What do you believe about food? and how it affects your body. Do you believe that food can be healthy or unhealthy? Do you believe that one food group is more important than another? Like protein is more important than something else. What do you believe about things that you quote should and should not be eating? And I'm putting quotes around that because the only thing you shouldn't eat is things that you're allergic to and things you don't like. Um, And What do you believe about timing? Do you believe that there's rules around timing? You should eat at this time or you should not eat at this specific time, right? What are those should statements that you apply when you're choosing what to eat? And I want you to think about how these beliefs affect your food choices, but also the response that you have to what you're eating. So when you think about this, right, is this rule or belief Does it negatively affect the way that you perceive food? Does it interfere with your ability to choose something in the moment? And if so, is there a negative feeling that arises after that? Because the point of challenging the food police is to get rid of all those should statements, right? Each and every one of them has to go. And getting rid of them will help free up a lot of extra brain space because you're not thinking, oh, I shouldn't eat this. Oh, I shouldn't eat that. Oh, what is this healthy? Oh, I don't know if this is healthy, right? The whole point of this, remember, is to get back in touch with your body to free up your brain space so they can go out and do really cool, great, awesome things that have nothing to do with your body, right? Your body is the vessel. It's not the mission. So think about all those beliefs. I want you to write them down because I want you to start ticking those off one by one and challenging every last one of them. For each of those beliefs that you wrote down, is there... An opposite statement or a factual statement to counter that belief or thought? If so, I want you to write that down. An example could be, I believe that, you know, white food is bad for me. White food is not bad for you. It provides you energy just like any of the other things. And that would also make cauliflower and onions bad for you. And cauliflower and onions are great. So there's an example. Another example could be that I'm believe that you shouldn't eat after 6 p.m. because it's going to turn straight into fat. First of all, your body doesn't have a time clock in that sense. The calories don't change just because it's 6.03 and your body still needs fuel at 7.02 even if you're not, quote, allowed to eat after 6 p.m. Your body still needs fuel. If you were awake all through the night, you'd probably still need fuel. It's just that you're asleep, so you wake up extra hungry. This is also where I want you to sort of write down the places that you feel out of control. 
So if you feel out of control around a specific food group or a type of food, a specific food itself, write that down and write down three reasons why you should incorporate it. And typically what I would have people do is write down a physiological reason, so energy purposes or what have you. Also a social reason, because chances are this food occurs in social settings. And then an emotional reason. So is this because this food provides you comfort? Is it connected to a memory? Positive, negative, what have you. I want you to list those three reasons. And then I want you to list a factual statement about that food item, food category, what have you. And lastly, but most importantly, I want you to look at all those statements and give yourself some grace. You didn't just come up with any of those overnight. They were not something that you've had with you since birth. Those were all taught to you, given to you, wrapped in the ugliest packaging you ever wanted to see. It probably came in a dusty box and it's time to throw it away. It serves you no purpose at all whatsoever. In my own time and in my own journey, challenging the food police sometimes feels like a full-time job because currently I don't really live that close to my family, so I'm allowed to do what I want to do, but then I go home and I'm confronted with the food police that I grew up with. And each time I go home, I'm stronger and I can make my own decisions, but that doesn't change the fact that the voice is still there, right? So in that particular space, it's always sort of hyping myself up if you will right we all have our little hype thing that we do you know our pep talk for me it's a good hype dance in the morning when I'm getting ready I want you to hype yourself up and remind yourself that you don't have to follow these rules anymore they don't serve you and they are not adding value to your life I recently shared that a relatively large portion of of my family all live with diabetes And for a long time, I lived in absolute terror-stricken fear that I was going to end up living with diabetes. And as of current, I don't live with diabetes, and that's fine. But the greater thing that I had to learn was I couldn't live my entire life in fear of that chronic illness. I couldn't make food decisions based on fear of that chronic illness because... It just, it's not helpful. I spend more time agonizing over that food decision. Is this going to be the thing? Is this going to be the tipping point where I'm going to wake up tomorrow and I'm going to be a diabetic? Because that's that's not a great way to live your life. That's not a productive way to live your life. That's not a healthy way to live your life. That is not a, a, a good mind space to be in all the time. And part of challenging the food police for me was challenging that constant fear of feeling like I was going to end up with a chronic illness because as people of color, we have a higher incidence of chronic illness, hypertension, renal disease, um, diabetes, things like that, right? I can personally name, rattle off, right? Not just name one or two. I can start rattling off people I know with any combination of those three things. And that for me presented a lot of fear. And challenging the food police saying that, A, My body knows what it needs. It knows what it wants. And then B, that's not the end of the world, right? I had to to really have a good chat with myself, right? I had to talk to Christina and let her know that that's not the end of the world. Because I'm looking at each and every one of those people that I know. And those are also some of the most adventurous, fun-loving, life-seeking, thrill-seeking people that I know. They probably lead a more adventurous life than I do, but that's also because they have a different bag than I do. But the point here is that 
I'm sitting here living my life in fear of a disease that I'm watching people thrive with. And so I want you to really just look at every single thing that you wrote down, right? All those rules, those beliefs, those thoughts, those fears. And I want you to give yourself a lot of grace, right? Give yourself a little hug, have a glass of tea, you know, not a detox tea, but just a regular regular tea. And think about how those rules served you in the past. Did they protect you from something? Did they make you feel powerful and control? And if so, how can you give that to yourself without those rules? Because that's the point here, is to really give yourself back the power. Because there's a difference between being in power and being in control. Because we cannot control our health, right? Ultimately, I can't do that. I cannot sit here and tell my cells what to do. I don't get to tell them when to turn over. I don't get to tell them what to make. But I do have power. I do have decision-making power to influence my health. But I cannot control my health. Just like I cannot control the things that go on around me, but I can influence the things that go on around me. So I want to leave you on a positive note, right? To really give you the tools to empower yourself to make these decisions day in and day out because decision fatigue is real. First, I want to share with you the concept of spiraling up. So one of my favorite dietitians, um, Rebecca Scritchfield, wrote a book called Body Kindness. I will link it in the description in the show notes. And it is a great book about taking care of yourself in more than just food. It's taking care of your body physically, mentally, spiritually, emotionally, taking care of your sexual needs, however you take care of those. And it's overall, it genuinely is a really good book. And she talks a lot about the concept of spiraling up, which is, in a nutshell, making small decisions that lead to an overall positive mood. But then these smaller decisions of taking care of yourself lead to bigger decisions of taking care of yourself. So an example of this could be a spiral up could be I drank water this morning because I was thirsty And then I honored my hunger by having breakfast. And then I decided movement felt good. So I went for a walk around the block with the dog. And then spiral up. I realized it's been a while since I've been to the doctor. I should set up a doctor's appointment. I called a friend. I went to bed on time, right? These these small decisions that we made throughout the day that spiraled up to an overall net positive. Right, Because you have the option of spiraling up, which leads to positivity, or you have the option of spiraling down, which could look like I ate more than I intended to, so now I'm going to restrict it the next meal, and now I feel more scared of honoring my hunger the next time, so now I'm in the cycle of restricting, but I, unfortunately restricting leads to eventually I'm going to end up in a binge where I feel like I ate more than I intended to and I'm going to start this cycle all over again and now I'm afraid to leave the house or I don't want to talk to people or I feel guilty ashamed right that negative spiral of I made this one decision that has created a ripple effect of decisions and you're not alone if that is the life that you're currently in right if that's the cycle you're currently in you are not alone I've been there I know so many people who have been there and I've been able to talk to them and we just sort of work through like how do I make that next right decision to help me spiral back up and the second thing that I want to leave you with is self-talk so we all have a conversation in our head I don't know what Trey sounds like but I know what mine sounds like um 
most days I would like to say it's pretty neutral, but then there are those days where it is it is scary in there. And creating that space to talk very kindly to yourself, very gently, right? So we're I'm gonna have a third person conversation with me and I'm gonna I'm gonna share with you kind of what that would sound like. So it'd be like, Christina, hey man, um, I noticed you're extra tired, so we should go to bed early tonight. That is a very gentle, neutral, hey, I think it would be beneficial to go to bed early tonight because you're more tired. Not, Christina, why are you always so tired? You're, uh, right? And this is where I'm going to pull a statement from someone else because oftentimes these statements come from other people. Christina, you're too young to be tired. You don't work enough to be tired. You don't have kids. You're not a wife. You can't be tired. You don't have a reason to be tired, right? I've had that conversation with myself a million and a half times. But now, I don't have that conversation with myself. I say, hey, man, you're tired? You're tired. Go to bed. Take a nap. Sit down somewhere, right? Because ultimately... My body is letting me know that it needs rest and the best thing I can do for it is honor that request and sit down. So I want to leave you with that space to just talk kindly to yourself. Say nice things to yourself. Man, I really like your hair today or I really like the way that you smile at strangers on the street. I really like the way that you give hugs. I love that you enjoy coffee or tea in the afternoon or whatever, right? Those kind statements that build up and put things back into your your cup as opposed to constantly tearing yourself down. And I want you to use those same statements as you look at that relationship that you have with food. When you're creating your positive statements or neutral statements about food, I want you to think of things that you're grateful for and things that you enjoy about food or the act of eating. And if you're having a tough time, a rough day, or you're really feeling stuck, I want you to look back at those and remember to align yourself with those things. This is also an exercise I have my clients do where we come up with their three values and we say, okay, are the food decisions I'm making aligning with those values? And I don't mean your beliefs about food. I mean your values about life. So this could be, I value connecting with other people. And then you ask yourself, is the decision I'm making about food helping me to connect with other people? Is it distracting me? Is it pulling me back into my head? Am I now focused more on how guilty I feel, ashamed? Am I now more focused on my body? And if so, maybe come up with a different solution. So I hope that this was helpful and I hope this really gives you the space and the courage and the strength to challenge the food police in your life, both the food police in your head and the food police around you. And as always, you can find me on the internet. I'm on Twitter. I'm on Instagram. I am, I have my webpage, so feel free to find me. And if you have any questions, you can always send me an email, send me a DM. I'm not hard to reach.